Dear listeners, Sairam, welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia Stream, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30 p.m. to 2.00 p.m. Indian Standard Time. The topic of today's episode is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. the life story of bhagwan sri satyasai baba and this was first featured as part of thursday live on july 18th 2013 sai ram and welcome to another wonderful session of afternoon satsang It's such a wonderful time to sit and talk about Swami and his glories because we will resume our discussion on Satyam Shivam Sundaram Swami's life. Well talking about Swami's life there's nothing like a good time or a bad time or a nice time or a perfect time to talk about Swami and his life. Any time is the best time because it is not the time that determines how interesting or how wonderful the narrative about Swami's life is going to be but it is Swami's narrative that makes any time into a wonderful time and yes i am arvin from team radio sai and as always i am with brother prem from team radio sai sairam prem sairam arvin then sairam to all listeners of radio sai yes indeed it's you know the weather and the place in time does not matter when you have to talk about swami it's so beautiful to sit and recollect you know swami's life it really is a breath and you know arun you actually nailed it when you said yesterday his stories are definitely not a replacement for him because the more we listen about him the more we read about him there is a pain definitely we miss him we really miss him and i don't think we need to be shy about declaring that we know that swami is everywhere we know that swami is omnipresent but still it doesn't stop us from missing him really prem because uh, in several discourses also you know i've heard swami saying that the name of the lord is the only match for the form of the lord there's a story of the tula bharam where uh, krishna is on one side and the other side tulsi leaf with the name of lord krishna is placed and krishna is balanced out right. when all the gold in the kingdom could not match his weight but in spite of all that you know the name of the lord only makes you long more and more for the form of the lord and maybe that's the design that's the plan because as in preparation for this week as I kept reading more and more about Swami's leelas and Swami's childhood and the glorious 1940s that we are going to cover now in this afternoon satsang. Oh my god, there is no way to describe how much how much I long to see him, just touch him, feel him, hear him. Well, thanks to technology, we are able to do it at least in a virtual manner, but really the longing for swami that swami stories brings in our heart is amazing and i feel that is a great blessing that is conferred on us by swami stories that longing to have his darshan that longing to see him because as we discussed earlier more important than the chances that we get with swami is the longing for those which actually makes us improve and makes us grow towards our ultimate goal definitely you no know, and that's a very common thing also the couple of uh, devotees who have come to swami in very mysterious ways mm. at some point they had that longing of you know it's it's so unfair that swami's uh, god is not around 
you know we we spoken to uh, mr james sinclair mm. from the united states he spoke of that yearning which he felt when he read the life of jesus christ mm. he said i've been cheated by 2000 years <laughs> he said jesus lived and i did not have the opportunity of being his contemporary mm. and that was a similar thing which i heard from a youth you know when swami mysteriously appeared in his room and you know it kind of introduced himself to him mm. saying that i am here you know he felt that when he read the life of shirdi baba he said i've just missed him you know such a wonderful personality has lived and i've not had the opportunity to live with him and when that yearning became so intense swami appeared in his room and said don't worry i'm here and so he came to swami and so that's a very common thread which runs around the yearning and that feeling of wanting more of him and not having had enough of him exactly you know uh, if if you long for swami swami has given that promise that assurance is the most beautiful one where he says you know if you need me you deserve me and that's all is the qualification that is necessary that you need me and when we live through swami stories and read through it that is when you know we long for him so much we really feel we need swami we need you swami and life anything in fact not only life everything seems so incomplete without you we want you we want you we need you and that kind of longing no it automatically communicates with swami you don't need to make a call a cell phone call or send a telegram to swami it's just that prayer from a pure heart that's all it's enough it already reaches him that's the theme which we are going to start with today because that is one of the historic things which has happened this week yes telegram service which has been so part and parcel of the indian culture and indian life literally for the past 163 years hmm. was officially shut down yes you know it was last monday uh, yeah there were a lot of you know tears actually uh, the indian telegraph service which has been there from the 1850 uh, yeah 1850 from when the british were ruling india it was started it has been part of enmeshed into the fabric of indian society it has only got dissociated maybe in the last 15 years or so with the advent of the cell phones the emails the modern way of communications right. in fact uh, going by the facts and figures what i read was there are about 1000 to 2000 employees of the indian telegraph service and they were generating a revenue of about 80 lakhs a year while the uh, cost was somewhere i think about 20 crores okay so that was a huge loss making machinery and therefore the government of india decided to shut down the telegraph service and it was last sunday right. just four days ago that at 9 pm the last ever telegram was sent and that is going to be a historic one just like the first ever telegram sent right so as that glorious chapter a wonderful chapter an interesting chapter in indian history comes to a close uh, well i was reminded of several incidents mentioned in satyam shyam sundaram and other books where the telegraph service got the great opportunity and privilege to be associated with the satyasai avatar right in fact even in swami's childhood we came across so many incidents where you know the telegram popped up hmm. where when swami was in uh, kamlapuram hmm there was one of the incidents where we read the father receives a telegram about seshamaraju's son passing away yes and in fact the telegram was very much needed even when swami you know began to act strange right. after getting bitten by a scorpion but there was no telegraph service to puttaparthi at that time so at that was the time when uh, sheshamaraju wrung his hands in frustration hoping that how good it would be if the telegraph service was there mm. 
so dear listeners we just thought that before continuing on where we left off last time we had left off with swami's uh, mandir the patamandiram just coming up uh, coming up and uh, we heard how it was inaugurated on the vaikuntha ekadashi day that is the december 14th 1945 it was inaugurated on vaikuntha ekadashi day from there we will resume the story but before that we thought we'll spend a few minutes on the different interesting instances in swami's life and history where the telegram played its little part and this would be uh, our way of offering our gratitude to this humble telegraph service which has had indeed become a very much a uh, part of the social fabric in the indian society as i'm sure it would have in many other countries too and one of the earliest things about the telegram and uh, an incident which we would like to say you know yeah. is that of uh, the incident when swami went to venkatgiri the venkatgiri palace for the first time you know it's a very interesting thing uh, this venkatgiri raja comes to know about swami and he is uh, in, in the process of inviting swami to the venkatgiri palace so as the protocol would suggest the venkatgiri raja wants to send his son you know to go and invite swami to go to puttaparthi and officially invite swami and travel back with him to the palace and interestingly this son i think he was a younger son right. he did not like this idea of his parents going and bowing before some young swami recently proclaimed swami and he did not feel it fine that people of their stature bow down to some lowly village boy and in fact you know he was a typical hep youngster of those days you know, he was a cricketer he was a captain of one of the big teams in the south and of course there's a very interesting episode which he narrated when you know he, we had a conversation here with him of how once he didn't want to go to puttaparthi or he didn't want to travel with swami because a uh, india west indies match was in progress so mm. he wanted to listen to the commentary so he was being troubled and and he narrated how he spent that night with swami and swami gave him a running commentary of the match <laughs> actually on that day what happened was the match was being held in uh, madras madras today what is known as chennai and uh, these people you know they are royal people so they have a lot of uh, money at their disposal disposal so they would every time make it a point to travel all the way to madras to attend and watch the test match now they could not because they were hosting a guest at their place and who was the guest swami and because of which the parents had made it strict that they are going to stay here and that is why they wanted to listen to a commentary in fact when they put on because of some problem and some interference the radio would not come on so for about 20 minutes that the radio did not come on swami gave a ball to ball detail of who was bowling what shot had been played what was the score and i think that is the fastest during those days because there was no other way there was no television and uh, uh, if radio is cut off there is no way that news can travel so fast but swami filled in for those 20 minutes till the radio service came back Oh, it was amazing and he said that exactly as swami left off as the radio came on it looked as if uh, there was a change in the commentary box and <laughs> swami was handing over the mic right. to the commentator so that was a time when swami was replacing the radio but the incident when donating is when swami yes played the role of a telegram yeah. but before we come to that so you know the king wanted to send his son to go and escort swami but as we described he was not interested so an alternative arrangement was made you know they were uh, thinking of sending one of the uncles of this boy to go and receive swami you know that would be appropriate they thought that night when the prince goes to sleep he has a dream in which swami comes and gives him some mangoes hmm. so he is very fond of mangoes 
and the moment he eats those mangoes in the dream he wakes up with an indescribable urge to go to puttaparthi <laughs> imagine a boy who is not interested in going and seeing swami was not too keen about going and receiving swami he has this irrepressible desire to go to puttaparthi mm. so in the middle of the night he goes and wakes up his father and he says i have to go to prashanthi nilayam i'm feeling this urge his father was more than pleased mm. so he said okay you can leave tomorrow morning so 5:30 in the morning he starts and when he is about to leave father gives him some instructions he says when you come back with swami when you're traveling back at every major town you stop you should send a telegram saying that we are at this town and we are proceeding towards this town so that they have an idea of so where exactly swami is and when exactly progress. swami would come hmm. so major towns like madanapalli and all those chitur hmm. the main towns between puttaparthi and venkatagiri puttaparthi and venkatagiri hmm. so the son promises to do so and he starts and i think it's uh, the christian janmashtami celebrations going on puttaparthi hmm. so he goes and the first time when he goes to swami's presence swami says you did not want to come here but the mangoes made you come here <laughs> <laughs> so you know i think instantly that bond was established mm. between uh, this young prince and swami so they travel back the, the day after the celebrations they drive back and he tells swami that swami my father has instructed me to send these telegrams swami said no, no no let's not waste time stopping at all these towns let's just proceed directly towards the palace mm. the royal protocol you know son never disobeys the father or you know there is a lot of uh, and more than that if they don't send the telegrams how will, how they, will they be prepared huh. to receive swami and he was no ordinary guest correct so he was a little apprehensive so swami said no 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 we'll take care of that you come let's go without stopping let's not waste any time mm. so they travel and they come and when they reach the outskirts of the venkatagiri kingdom he finds that the whole palace is ready to receive swami the king is there with the purnakumbham and the palace elephants are decorated and the army is ready and hmm. and he's wonderstruck you know how is it possible that how did they know that exactly now we are arriving so they come and the reception is all done so then the son goes to the father and says that how did you know that we are coming exactly at this time so he said from the telegrams that you sent <laughs> okay. okay so the son is surprised he said we we sent no telegrams and he explains how swami did not permit him to do that so the father takes him to the office the the king's office and he shows all the telegrams from the various towns from madanapalli and all those hmm. transit towns he said the, the, from these telegrams i got and then the son says that, no i did not send even one telegram in fact we didn't even stop at any of these towns so you know he was so surprised so they send word for the postmaster so the postmaster comes and he says didn't you deliver these telegrams and the postmaster says that we did not receive any telegrams to be uh, dispatched to the palace oh so then the king shows the telegrams so the postmaster looks at them and says you know they are on a telegram paper but they don't have the stamp of the post office oh okay so after he says that then the king realizes that never once the telegram was actually handed to him hmm. every time he got back to the office he found a telegram waiting for him on the desk Okay. So it was never delivered personally by a postman. So then they realized that how Swami had dispatched a telegram exactly where the king wanted one from. <laughs> well, this was an episode where uh, Swami, you know, showed his capacity of how he can dispatch telegrams without even actually going to the telegraph office. But I am reminded of another interesting incident where you know Swami insisted on sending the telegram in the traditional manner mm-hmm. and that is another amazing episode that has been recorded even in the satyam shyam sundaram part 1 it was first narrated by swami sachidananda 
okay on the 29th of june 1957 or 59 i'm not clear but i think it's 59 that was the opening of the vatavriksha so during the time when that was first planted that was the time swami sachidananda with permission from bhagwan in swami's presence narrated this episode mm-hmm. he said that when swami was in kodaikanal in a bungalow resting this is in the 1950s okay so when they were resting suddenly one day swami just got up from his bed mm-hmm. and shouted don't shoot and having shouted like that swami just collapsed on the bed and you know at that time they were aware we talked about it during the last satsang also that swami would go into a trance actually a trance corporeal journey and so uh, immediately swami sachidananda had him placed on the bed and just waited he knew that swami had gone on a divine journey in a different plane something for, for about 1 hour swami was in that state then swami woke up came back and swami wanted to send a telegram so he gave the address and asked for the telegram to be sent to bhopal bhopal is the capital city of the indian state of madhya pradesh right. and he wanted it to be sent and note the words of the telegram the words were don't worry the revolver is with me swami sachidananda and all the others did not understand anything what the telegram meant but they just expressed to swami their reservations about sending such a telegram they said because you know revolvers and guns come under the indian gun uh, arms, arms and ammunition act. act arms act so we may be questioned so if we can at least change that word swami agreed to that word being changed to instrument and therefore a telegram was sent to that address stating don't worry the instrument is with me baba and of course the sender is from kodaikanal that is swami was in kodaikanal at that time Four days later, I think it was four to five days later, a letter arrives with a stamp from Bhopal, mm-hmm. and in that, Swami opens the letter and gives it for everyone to read. And when they read, they come to know the whole story of this uh, sudden telegram that Swami wanted to send. The person who is writing the letter is a person who has served in the Indian Armed Forces during the Second World War. during the second world war india was under the british rule right. after that india got independence and after india got independence yeah there was a reorganization of states and everything was done afresh because it was shifting over from british administration to indian administration when that happened a lot of politics you know crept in at that time itself and though he was a very senior member many of his juniors got promoted to better positions better ranks and he was purposely kept suppressed and this was the time when he got news of how he has not been elevated how his promotion has been denied he was very depressed and his wife and children had gone to their native village so there was nobody he was alone at home in bhopal and all these depressing thoughts came to him so much so that he contemplated on committing suicide okay he had a licensed revolver with him right and so he goes he went and he took his revolver and he writes in the letter that he even fired a shot to test out whether it's working okay he got confirmed that it's working and the next shot that he wanted to fire was into the temple into his head temple in his head just before he could do that now this was the time actually in kodaikanal when swami had shouted don't shoot and had fallen at that same instant in bhopal there was a loud knock on his door he was surprised who is this so quickly he hit the revolver under the pillow covered the sh- covers sheets on the bed 
and just straightened up his you know his clothes everything so that he looks fine and rushed to the door he opened the door and to his surprise it was his childhood friend a childhood friend who was very vocal and boisterous in the way he speaks he entered in and started talking loudly and started you know cracking jokes and reliving memories so much so and within, he also comes with exactly <laughs> he has not come alone he has come along with his wife and a porter, the porter with the luggage the porter is carrying the luggage on his head and the porter is waiting outside as the friend and his wife go inside and this talk is going on so as they are reliving and he is speaking so boisterously and loudly the army man has now a smile on his face he is happy he is enjoying the conversation and after about half an hour to 45 minutes of non-stop talking the friend suddenly asks hey where is your wife and he says no no my wife has gone to her native place then he says oh then i am no no it will not be nice for me to trouble you because you know you are all alone when a guest comes you'll usually go out of your way to do things so he says no right. it's not right for me to trouble you i'll go and stay with another friend uh, our army hero you know he he insists that you must stay here but he refuses he says no no i have to leave i have to leave and so he makes the porter pick up the luggage again and he and his wife wave goodbye and they leave after all this he is in such a happy mood that he even wonders how did i contemplate on suicide so he walks back he wants to put back the revolver in place and then he sees that the revolver is missing now this is a serious thing because you know not everyone is li- licensed to have a weapon and if a weapon is missing god knows who took it and he's wondering who might have taken it he's searching all around he lifts the pillow he removes the sheets removes the beds nowhere nowhere is a revolver as he is getting worried there's another knock on the door and he says i opened the door and there was the postman who had come with a telegram which said don't worry the instrument is with me baba <laughs> and then he had offered his profuse gratitude at the lotus feet of swami for saving his life and for showing him that every moment of his life he can always count upon swami to be there and swami sachidananda who revealed this incident during the opening of the vatavriksha he said that this is amazing because he had read many sages and spiritual masters who did kaya pravesh they enter the body of another so even if there is a lifeless body they are able to enter but he said that till now to date he had never heard of kaya srishti which is creation of a new body and in this case not just one but three separate bodies along with all the paraphernalia the luggage everything everything had been created by swami and so well this is another simply mind blowing beautiful miracle of love that is also associated with the telegram isn't it amazing you know swami goes into a trance here putaparthi appears in the form of three people there in in kodaikanal he went into the trance in kodaikanal okay and yeah. he appears there in bhopal hmm. then he wants to come back and send a telegram to say that <laughs> <laughs> You know how many times I myself know. You know one of our colleagues who is working in the general stores here. Okay. He was saying that how Swami, you know, waved his hand and materialized a Rolex watch. Right. And after that, Swami says, "Oh, it is loose on your wrist because the strap is too big. What to do? You know, here is a person who has just in front of your eyes materialized a watch. Then what Swami does is gives him thousand rupees." and tells him you go to this watchmaker and get it repaired <laughs> i mean that is if we can call it daiva maya that is the way swami works and you know talking about uh, telegram there's another very interesting episode in satyam shimsundram part 2 mm-hmm. so we're just going to skip a bit here 
there's this person one mr ramachandran one of shami's devotees hmm he lives in kirki a place in pune okay okay and suddenly he uh, gets a telegram hmm from some unknown person saying very interesting words it just says shri satyasai baba arriving at your residence on 5th may to attend upanayanam of your sons and give them brahmopadesham oh wow okay very clear Hmm. and he doesn't know who this person who sent it and he's very surprised because he has not planned his son's upanayanam this actually happens in the year 1965 hmm. uh just a couple of weeks before that 5th may the date which was given he's just coming home for lunch and his two sons come running to him and say you know you've got this telegram so okay. he's surprised he's not discussed about doing his uh, children's upanayanam of course he had that plan for a couple of years then no, no, he's very surprised suddenly a telegram is coming the chami is coming to your house and on such a date it's almost like you know you fixed this date and it has come to swami's notice and swami is coming yeah so he is surprised then you know he discusses with his family and says okay i think i should do it on this date it's like swami's will and it's underlined there these words the words of satya upanayanam and brahmopadesha forty <laughs> to say that brahmopadesha and this is satya it is yeah, true and satya satya of satya sai baba satya of satya sai baba you know hmm. truly i am going to be there and i want you to do this whatever and interestingly he wanted to do this either in shirdi or in parni which is uh, you know lord, lord subramanya subramanya's shrine which is also his family deity hmm. so he either wanted to do it in shirdi or in parni and then so he goes and tries to find out from where he has got this telegram hmm. and then he realizes the telegram has come from one of the post offices in pune the central oh. post office in pune So then he finds out who gave the telegram then they realize that it was by a person who did not want to give his address he said i am in transit so i don't want to give my address so when he had to he was forced to give an address he said okay take my name as margadavelu margadavelu okay margadavelu from malapur all india sai samaj <laughs> okay what is the margadavelu margadavelu is just another name of subramanya actually okay okay so okay. margadavelu from sai samaj which i think is related to shirdi baba okay. the temple of shirdi baba in malapur ha huh. so here you know he is either wanting to do it from shirdi or from parni and here is a person who is coming one mr margatvelu from all <laughs> india sai samaj in malapur so he takes it as absolutely swami's will and he goes about and you know there's no sign of swami coming physically and attending that upanayanam mm. i don't think he was a devotee who was coming so regularly to swami he just knew swami he was worshiping swami and It seems Swami's Vibhuti used to come in his shrine. Okay. So that's how he was devoted to Swami and all that. So when they arrange for this upanayanam, he says he has a hall in his house. You know, about thousand people are there, mm. and everybody feels that that chair which was kept for Swami, the sofa which was kept for Swami, was occupied. Somehow, everybody felt that you know Swami is there. After the ceremony was over, when they go and see, you know, they've draped that sofa with a silk cloth. Hmm. and that silk cloth is completely crumpled just like if somebody had sat on that okay. sofa and got up and you know in brindavan we have this idea of small ring of jasmine flowers which is placed on the armrest the armrest of swami's hmm. chair so they had placed something like that on the sofa's armrest and that was like crushed as though somebody had placed their hands placed on their hands on that wow so this is another interesting satyam shim sundaram related telegram incident <laughs> well um, can go on and on about telegrams i think i remember one more humorous incident you know okay. swami even played around with telegrams this happened in 1972 when the central trust was actually being formed for the document 
that had to be signed all the members who were, whom swami had appointed mm-hmm. had to be present and uh, sign that and at that time swami had assigned this task of getting everybody who were uh, uh, trustees of the trust to come and sign the document in hyderabad okay uh, he had given this work to mr jogarao mr jogarao was a trusted lieutenant for swami so mr jogarao took up on the task you know he sent messages to rajmata of navanagar who was in bombay at that time to shri indulal shah who was also in bombay and to mr nani palkiwala the famous judge and he got a telephone call immediately from the rajmata of navanagar mm-hmm. she said that yes i will be coming and i will be coming along with shri indulal shah okay. so we are definitely going to make it and she also said that you know mr nana palkiwala is not presently in town he is not here so he may not be able to make it so jogarao got this message but it was already quite late in the night quite late in the night in terms of swami had already retired mm-hmm. it was at around 8 o'clock at night when he got this message so he thought that the next day morning the first thing he would do is tell swami about this the next day before going to swami he got to know that a telegram had come for swami from the rajmata of navanagar he went and received the telegram and in the telegram it said the same thing you know the rajmata telling that me and indulal shah are coming and nanapalkiwala won't be able to come so he took the telegram went to swami and gave swami the telegram swami saw the telegram just glanced at it and he told uh, mr jogarao that jogarao they are not coming jogarao that what is swami talking because in the message said that no no they are not coming and swami gives the telegram he looks at the telegram and in the telegram the message is clearly that they will not be coming and he wonders what on earth did i read then actually along with him there was another person too who had read the telegram so both of them read the telegram again and they are both surprised because they are sure that at the post office when they read it it said clearly that they are coming so then they just apologize to swami and leave the telegram and swami goes for darshan after darshan during the lunch session dining session swami calls jogarao laughs and then hands over the telegram and now when he sees in the telegram it is that original one which says which yes that they are coming you know swami had just uh, to play a prank had in a divine manner changed the wordings on the telegram and yes had given a beautiful chance of this prankster leela to mr jogarao well that is another telegram story for you okay so, so i'm going to give you another one which is also very interesting and you know it has a beautiful message at the end of it mm. we've spoken about a devotee by name asen singh Uh, in earlier satsangs oh yes i think there's a uh, block named after him in vrindavan right, in the hostel one of the the building adjacent to the hostel the new hostel building new hostel, now right now it is a new hostel building now yeah i think that is named after him is a devotee from calcutta once i think in the year 1975 his mother 87 90 year old mother she suddenly fell ill and you know she had some affliction of the kidney mm. so you know that you know that ankle start swelling the leg yes, starts because swelling. of the edema mm. right So she was going through that thing and for something like 5 to 6 weeks she couldn't eat food. Oh. She was just on liquid diet and they call this barley water and all that. Mm. So she was in this terrible state and you know she felt very bad because he didn't have a father from a young age. Okay. So he was very attached to his mother and she was going through all these things. She became very thin, she couldn't eat and 6 weeks is a very long time. So around that time he comes to know that Swami is coming to Bombay. Hmm. So he wants to go to Bombay and have Swami Darshan maybe pray on uh, her behalf. And the day he is supposed to leave 
his mother slips into coma oh my god okay, so he's not able to leave a bedside so he, he sends a telegram again the glorious telegram he sends a telegram to gokak informing that you know how he wished he could come but this was the situation he's not able to come but this is vk gokak vk gokak the first hmm. vice chancellor of the university hmm. so sends it to him saying that you know i wanted to come but i'm not able to so then he goes back and attends to his mother that day he goes to sleep you know he makes a prayer to swami he said swami you know you can take her whenever you wish it is appropriate you can take her but let her lead you know at least few months of a normal life before that mm. let her eat what she wants let her have a good appetite and then you know whenever you feel it's right you take her but yeah, let, let her, her life be comfortable yeah let her not die in pain this way mm. and then even as he was making this prayer he becomes very emotional he cries and he goes to sleep and uh, the next morning the nurse who's attending to his mother mm. comes running and wakes up his wife and he says i don't know what happened this lady is up she's sitting on her bed and she's asking <laughs> for kichdi <laughs> kichdi okay it's porridge like, you know something like a made of rice dal cooked gruel gruel it is right? ah, yeah. it's it's a solid food you know definitely mm. that's not something which she has been able to eat for the past one and a half two months mm. and suddenly she's sitting on her bed a lady who was in coma the previous day and she says get me kichdi so you know the doctor lord runs to the room and she says what happened you know you were not even able to take a morsel of food and now you're asking for kichdi so she says no no yesterday swami came appeared in the room here hmm. and swami is in a very jolly mood and she says something like you know swami comes in a swing i don't know how uh, okay it is possible and swami says that you know i will come and take you but till then you eat well and be happy oh okay when your time comes i will come and take you hmm. but till then you eat well and be happy and swami vanishes and the next day she wakes up with this huge appetite <laughs> and you know she asks for kichdi and from then she's absolutely fine in fact she starts eating much more than she ate even before the ailment started she had cured completely and the next trip when mr essen singh comes to puttaparthi mm-hmm. swami calls him and he wants to express his gratitude for what's happened to his mother and before he could say anything swami tells i received both the telegrams he sent one no okay so he says swami what telegrams huh. and even the one which he sent was to gokak not to swami of course oh okay yeah correct okay, oh, okay. so he uh-huh. says swami i sent only one telegram and that too i sent it to gokak okay swami said yeah i received that telegram also and then patting on his chest swami said i received this telegram also and wow. swami said that day when you cried and you prayed for your mother i received that telegram also <laughs> prem listening to you narrate this two things come to my mind okay The second thing is the profound one that I am getting now in my heart. The first thing is yes talking in about kichdi and porridge in that happy mood even I start feeling hungry. The second thing as I said the more profound one is today we may think that you know Bhagwan has taken mahasamadhi is no longer physically among us. Today we may say that the telegraph service no longer exists it's gone. But this incident reinforces in us the strong conviction that whatever happens the connection the hotline that exists between our heart and the lord is forever there even now all we need to do is just close our eyes feel love for him in our heart and just pray and that instant the telegram would have been delivered to him and he will respond he will definitely respond because that's his promise and I really on behalf of all the listeners even I am a listener now because I was listening I thank you for this beautiful episode because it reinforces our faith and gives us so much joy and with that I think 
Prem, I think let's stop the <laughs> Telegram related stories because, dear listeners, we have another three or four more stories lined up. But well, this is just to uh, we thought it would be appropriate that this glorious service having ended, we will spend a few moments to see how the Telegram got its chance to be associated with the Sai Avatar and. After this small break that we take now, we shall continue where we left off the opening of the Pata Mandiram in the December of 1945. We will take up Satyam Shyam Sundaram after this break. Calling God by any name Every prayer's heard just the same All are equal in His eyes Who are we to criticize? Unity must be our aim Loving God by any name God is here within us all And we only have to call We must listen carefully Yeah. 
Welcome back, dear listeners. After that short break, you're listening to the afternoon satsang, and we're talking about Satyam Shivam Sundaram, beautiful and enlightening life of our dear Lord Swami. Arvind, we spoke about uh, the inauguration of the Patham Mandiram, which I think came towards the end of 1945, as you said, December fourteenth, nineteen forty-five, and that indeed was one of the most glorious periods of Swami's life. Those Patham Mandiram days. events which happened then it's like unbelievable you you cannot imagine that it just happened few decades before we were all born it's not like in dwapar yuga where we spoke of krishna vanquishing the demons and krishna appearing there and appearing there and he doing all kinds of things it just happened <laughs> you know it just baffles you and the rate at which you know swami's uh, glory spread see for example it was you know just in the october a year before that or two years before that that swami had declared also that avatarhood declaration day on the october 20th and here now so rapidly people from all over south india were flocking and a few people from north india too arrived people from royal families were coming to puttaparthi and in fact the oh, patamandir itself was built completely by different devotees offering whatever they can as they are offering to the lord you know that was the influence that swami wielded within such a short time and you know it was not an easy task to come to puttaparthi from what we read anybody who wants to come to puttaparthi the closest railway station because rail was the fastest mode of transport there was nothing no talk of flights or anything that time so this closest railway station was penukonda so people arrived to penukonda by train and from the penukonda railway station they had to go to the penukonda bus stand via horse drawn cart and they faced a lot of difficulties here one because the horse drawn cart was very uncomfortable and second reason because all these tanga drivers they were called tongas the horse driven carts right. and all the tanga drivers were very rude towards whoever was going to see that sai baba that wonder boy they felt that you know sai baba as we discussed earlier swami faced the maximum criticism back at home <laughs> you know so everybody wondered why people are coming from so far to see that person who is masquerading as some saint or sage so they had to bear these rude comments and rude uh, words and after they reached bukapatnam bus stand those buses we have volvo buses comfortable air conditioned buses now those days they were buses that ran on steam okay. and therefore the buses were very rickety and everybody would rush to catch places in the front because the whole steam engine was located behind and there was a big furnace to burn coal which would be used to generate steam which would be used to power the bus very inefficient slow moving no suspension no shock absorbers for the tires so you are thrown up and down you are shaken like pebbles in a tin can and plus the tremendous heat that the engine generates covered in dust and soot there is no window there is no air conditioning in the bus that was a kind of bus journey that would last nearly 1 and 1/2 to 2 hours that would bring them from penukonda to bukapatnam and then from bukapatnam it was like going from the frying pan into the fire because you will leave a rickety bus and enter a rickety and sit upon a rickety a bullock cart bullock. the bullock cart would transport you for about 3 kilometers from bukapatnam mm-hmm. to karnatanagipalli which was the village on the other side of chitravati 
Akaros Chitravati from Puttaparthi, you know. And they'll have to alight at Karnatanagipalli and then wade across mm-hmm. the river Chitravati and then walk the last half a kilometer or so from Chitravati to Swami's Patamandiram where they would be welcomed by Swami. Now, in spite of all this, we had people even from royal families coming to Puttaparthi. This was how Puttaparthi, the journey to Puttaparthi would be if you were traveling in 1946. Like one very interesting description, a very vivid one is given by Mrs. Geeta Mohan Ram. You've spoken mm-hmm. about her so many times. And dear listeners, you should go to our archives and you should listen to some of her talks. It's very beautiful. She's a wonderful narrator. She's a daughter of uh, Dr. R.S. Padmanabhan who had the privilege of knowing Swami for more than five decades to six decades. He in fact even walked behind Swami during darshans in Vrindavan. He would collect the letters. He was like Swami's commander-in-chief, his right-hand person at Vrindavan. And so being his daughter... And the Mrs. family was associated with uh, Swami Sishigiri Rao. Yes. Swami's first priest. attendant or priest or whatever you could call it. And their family was in a very distant way related to some of the families in Puttaparthi, to the Karnam. You know, she d- describes this whole journey. She says that from Bangalore, it used to take more than 24 hours to reach here. You know, the mm. Bangalore which we take two and a half, three hours to reach today. As you said, the train used to come and land in Penukonda at one o'clock in the night. Just imagine, that means to travel from Bangalore to Puttaparthi in those days, it takes more time than what it takes now to travel from Bangalore to New York. You can travel across the globe in lesser time than what it used to take those days to travel from Bangalore to Puttaparthi. Today we do it in two hours. It is really a pilgrimage, you know. (laughs) Now we get into buses and we just land up here. You can imagine one in the night and she used to say that there were children with them and there were old people and as you said, that hostility which was there then, they used to land in Panikonda, they won't get food. People who knew that they are coming to see Swami would not even offer them food. That was a kind People of would puncture the tires of cars right. that people were, the royal family people would be coming from. Yeah, you had to be very careful with them. And you know, if you were lucky to chance upon any compassionate villager, you might get some milk for the children. Mm. Otherwise, you know, they had to bring everything. You know, they had to be prepared for all these eventualities, bring everything they needed for this long journey and for their stay in Puttaparthi. Doesn't it make you wonder, Prem? Means, what kind of powerful attraction it would have been Absolutely. that in spite of all this, they come. Right. <laughs> you know, it's some kind of uh, invisible string which is pulling them. And that's what uh, most of these devotees say that when they made that journey and they came, sometime it used to strike them that, you know, I'm not going to make this journey again. I'm not going to come again. But the way they they were floored by Swami. Exactly. You know, I remember one devotee saying that having finally reached Puttaparthi, means you are halfway across the river and you know that 10 more steps and you are in Puttaparthi and then you have to just go to the ashram. Since the, at that time, the thoughts in the head was, Oh my God, what is it? Why is it that I am doing this? I don't know. Is it worth all this? But he says, 10 steps later, when Swami himself would be the, you know, he was the first PRO for the ashram, <laughs> for whatever, if you can call it an ashram, he would be there to receive the guests. The first few words that Swami would speak, the love that would emanate from him, without even a sliver of doubt, the feeling inside would be, yes, it is worth all this trouble and much more if I can get a chance to just be with this being. That was the kind of fulfillment they felt and that is the reason why they kept coming again and again. 
and that was the experience of all those devotees because you know whatever time of the day they would land up in mm. be it in the middle of the night early in the morning swami would be there personally to receive them and he would always know <laughs> that a troop is coming you know it's not like he had to be informed as you said there was no pr where somebody had to tell that this troop is coming he always was there and even when they were leaving they all described that scene of as they cross the river bed and they are on the other side till they can see you know for about 45 minutes swami would be standing at the edge of the patamandiram and he'll be waving the handkerchief you know swami would leave them with that endearing vision as they would leave because it would take few months before they come back so that they could remember that scene you know as they leaving swami is standing in the and that would, and that would be the, like a lighthouse beckoning them to come back again because every devotee who narrates says it was it was definitely a very difficult journey to reach puttaparthi but even harder would be the journey while leaving puttaparthi because even as you step out even as the thought of stepping out comes the next thought is when am i coming back again when am i coming back again and this was a sentiment and emotion that not only the devotee felt even swami you know to many devotees he would say why do you have to leave today why don't you stay for three more days two more days or and even if they finally say that we have to leave now swami would ask when will you come back why can't you come back soon come back soon keep in touch i will write and there have been cases where even as the people left Swami writes a letter to them already and sent so that as they reach their hometown a letter from Swami has already arrived telling them of how it was wonderful and how Swami misses them and how he is waiting for them to come back again wow simply beautiful times they were in fact you know the other thing which mrs geeta moonram describes is when they come from bukapatnam you're lucky if the chitravati is not flowing mm. you know that case you can board all your luggage onto a bullock cart and you can have the bullock cart coming across the river bed again it's it's a river bed so it's all uh, sand sandy so you cannot travel on the bullock cart you will have to travel by foot only the children and the luggage would be i remember that was a very specific instruction from swami saying that you know you should not harass the bullocks he was so concerned his you know the lord is a lord for everyone not only humans for the animals also his heart would melt he had repeatedly requested even commanded that bullock cart should not be used while crossing the chitravati because the bullocks find it very hard to pull across the sand and you know those are the things you know <laughs> the beautiful images which they all have and we are so lucky they have left these images with us in fact they say you know the day schedule it would start off the first person to rise well before we talk about rising let's talk about sleeping you know they would all sleep together swami would be on a bed on a cot in the center and all around him all the devotees would open their you know whatever they had brought their uh, bed and bedding and sheets they would spread and sleep there swami would be the last person to sleep because he would be keeping watch over everybody he was the watchman he was the first watchman for prashanti ashram even before the ashram came up and along with swami swami had two other people whom he would tell them to you know just keep guard at night swami he would personally and he would be the last to sleep but yet you know some devotees recall how there were some of them who would keep awake because there was a rumor that went around that at night this sai baba no he goes somewhere and gets initiated and gets his powers and comes <laughs> it was as if like you know how we buy milk on a daily basis it is as if at night swami goes and gets powers and comes yes, uses it up some he does a top up <laughs> yeah a top up of powers <laughs> uses it up in the day and night again goes for a recharge so there were a few of the people who would keep awake at the whole night to watch what swami is doing but then swami around 11 13 the night would go to bed mm-hmm. 
he would rise again at 3:30 or 4 in the morning okay he would clean up the patamandiram get flowers make garlands to put for the pictures of the various deities there and be ready for the devotees to get ready and come for bhajans this was what in fact actually inspired so many of the women devotees especially mm-hmm. to for them also to rise up early and how can you make swami you know make these garlands and uh, do everything so they would get up they would clean the mandir because they did not want swami to do it and they would start making flower garlands and yes prem i think this is the time for you to narrate all those wonderful flower garland incidents that you were telling right the other know, day yeah we we had this opportunity of talking to mrs uh, vijayma mm-hmm. vijay kumari of the anitha sharnam nasti fame the author of that book mm-hmm. you know she was explaining she was a little child during those days how all her mother and aunts and all the other ladies in the ashram they used to sit and make these huge garlands with tulsi tulsi leaves right because holy basil yeah holy basil that used to be in plenty in those uh, days mm-hmm. so they used to collect all these things and make these garlands and swami would sit with along with them and swami also would start making garlands and undoubtedly even amongst the women he was the best okay. he used to make beautiful garlands suddenly one day it seems swami said come let's have a contest okay so he said let's see who will make a garland which exactly is to my height so and he said ready steady go let's go so everybody came and they started measuring swami's height with a long thread and they would start mm. making or oh, they measure the thread on which they are going to right no, put the, the leaves yeah the height of swami and they would make and swami also would make along with them so how many ever times they would measure the garland would either be shorter or longer than you know swami mm. so he said no you're failure you're out you're not done it well and they found that none of them could actually you know make a garland which was exactly to swami's height mm. so then even as swami was talking to them swami said i will make and okay. swami made a beautiful garland without measuring you know these people had measured swami and they were trying to do and swami just made a beautiful garland and held it to exactly to swami's height so wow. let's see perfect fit <laughs> you know when you said about uh, them making garlands and none of the garlands were exactly his size i remembered you know that incident that happened in lord krishna's times mother yashoda is tired with the pranks of this little krishna and so she wants to time up so that he doesn't go out and do his pranks when she tries to time up she sees that every rope that she has at home and every rope that the neighbors give also they're either too small to tie him or they're too huge to tie a little child with she never is able to find the rope of the exact size which she needs to tie up lord krishna and here is such a similar thing happening and naturally also because one of the ladies who was privileged to be here during those times she recounts and she says that it was literally like the leelas of krishna they all felt like they were like those blessed gopikas and here was the sai krishna in fact you know this incident doesn't end here it in fact goes to a state where it is even more comparable to you know oh, oh my god i'm sorry for interrupting yeah then so you can imagine you know there are about six or seven ladies and swami ah. and everybody is tying garlands hmm. to about 5 feet <laughs> height and you can imagine at the end of the whole session that they would have had a huge heap of tulsi garlands yeah all different sizes all different sizes and they said swami we ended up making so many garlands what do we do with them hmm. swami said oh okay what do we do and swami said fine i'll do something swami said get all the garlands and hmm. he started tying them together like a ball a huge ball and swami tied it so tight together that it you know became a huge ball 
of tulsi leaves tulsi leaves and it was really hard so mm. he said come let's go out and play with this <laughs> okay. okay play catch or whatever it is and so they go out and they start playing in the garden and they have a real frolicking time an hour or so and they come back they're all tired mm-hmm. and they're all so happy and then when they're coming back they're talking to each other and they're saying oh how lucky we have had such a lovely time with swami and then one lady says that you know it's all nice but i don't know why swami was playing only with me there's so many of you here and swami was not throwing the ball to any of you okay okay and the other lady said what what are you saying actually swami was not playing with anybody else but me swami was throwing the ball only to me oh okay and then they realized that even as everyone was you know well, every every lady felt that swami played only with her every lady felt that swami played only with her wow and when they were wonderstruck with what this was happening swami came up and said pichwada you you don't understand you mad people that i was actually doing rasa krida with you that play which krishna did on the banks of yamuna where, where felt, every gopika felt that Uh, she is dancing with, with lord krishna yeah so he said i actually played rasa krida with you that each one of you felt that i played only with you wow amidst this playfulness you know there's also mention of how you know during those days swami would give uh, the devotees the chance to give him a bath give him a bath in the sense pour water and then apply a little oil and swami used to be very shy he would quickly after that is done he would quickly in his dhoti and towel he would wrap himself and rush In fact, you know, I was leafing through the pages of that book, that wonderful book, Love is My Form, which is a real great work, a PhD thesis on the first 25 years of Swami's physical life. In that there are photographs of how in 1946 Swami would visit nearby wells with the youth, <laughs> with the lads and go swimming there. You know, there are photographs of Swami swimming. in the well mm-hmm. with three other or four other boys and again you know seeing that i am just reminded of krishna and the gopalas while on one hand with the ladies it felt as if it's like krishna and the gopikas on the other hand when you see you cannot but help of think of krishna and the gopalas and swami swimming and beautiful those pictures one must see to you know feel this and you know a uh, lot of very very small beautiful incidents happening then because one thing was all these people were coming first time to a personality like swami mm. so swami had to capture them completely you know because as you said <laughs> they will not make this journey otherwise mm. they will not take this trouble otherwise and so each family was you know flowed in a different way altogether mm. the way swami entered their lives uh, one of the incidents beautiful incidents which which you know ujima narrates is that the playfulness of swami how it used to come and that was a time when the sakama was completely in charge of swami you know she was the dudamanya sakama the coffee podi sakama yeah mm. right so she used to be like you know the matron of of the ashram she used to take care of swami she used to prepare for swami's bath and she used to take care of swami's food so she literally took care of swami like a you know a young son of hers so nobody could give swami anything to eat she used to be very particular you're giving some food out of time and you will spoil his appetite hmm. and he will not eat food probably already he doesn't eat well so they always be very scared of swami i mean of sakama more than they were scared of swami so she narrates one incident when you know they're all sleeping in the night at around one or sometime some unearthly hour like that swami comes to them and says yeah i'm feeling very hungry hmm. you make some dosas for me okay okay and the first thing these devotees say swami if you make anything for you sakama is going to come and bang us tomorrow <laughs> 
he said we cannot take that chance ha and so we said i am feeling hungry <laughs> you're not worried about that <laughs> and she says but swami what do we do mm-hmm. you will tell like this then you know what uh, you'll have to take care that she doesn't wake up mm-hmm. okay and swami said no no i will not tell her anything so these people say that swami you will not tell but when we making dosa that sound will come you know when you put batter yeah. on that uh, batter on the pan hot pan the sound comes so that sound will come and she'll wake up with that okay then swami said do without that sound <laughs> okay. how do you make dosas without the sound yeah and they said okay swami we will make the dosa you make sure the sound doesn't come ha huh, okay okay and they wake up in the middle of the night and make those dosas and swami make sure that sound doesn't come <laughs> oh when you put the dosa batter on the wow okay <laughs> so they make those dosas and swami has his fill and swami goes to sleep the next morning breakfast time swami comes and sits on the table and they serving swami sakama is serving swami Swami saying no sakama i don't feel like eating hmm. i don't have an appetite today then she say what swami this, you know you should eat your all the time you're you know fasting and you're not eating and all that and no 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 sakama i don't feel like eating today then sakama said why why you not having why you don't want to have and swami said you know this kupam family you know they woke me up in the middle of the night and they said when sakama is there we're not able to give you any food so we want to make some dosa oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay and he said do you know this is the only time we can feed you so you wake up and have this dosas and that's it you know sakama you know blows up into a rage and she calls these ladies and shouts at them and you know what have you come here for hmm. you're spoiling swami's health is this the time you give food to swami and all that and swami is having a happy laugh there and, you know swami is laughing behind her back <laughs> so this episode is over and that night they all go to sleep and again swami comes at 12 o'clock in the night then wakes them up and says you know i'm feeling very hungry make something for me oh my god you know that was swami's play you know that was you know swami was doing unbelievable things but swami you know another another lady child. recalls like when you were talking about the food and serving she recalls that you know they would make food and some of the ladies you know they took it upon themselves to along to assist subama and all the i mean uh, others also so that food can be made for all the devotees who are coming but at the end of the day you know invariably swami would be telling them swami would be telling them six devotees are coming now today evening 10 people are going to come in fact after those 10 people arrive the devotees in puttaparthi would tell them you know what from morning swami has been speaking about you <laughs> i mean so they would be surprised and so food had to be read, made ready for them so in this way the kitchen was a 24 hour job it would keep going on and you know later on also even recent times when we speak to other people who have had the chance of being with swami cooking for swami including like uh, ratanlal aunty right. all of them you know they say that that is one thing that went on 24 hours kitchen is 24 hours with swami so that has continued even <laughs> to this day so it used to be running for 24 hours and any time there is a food shortage they would just call swami who would just tap on the vessels and food would be sufficient for all but at the end of the day food is left back you know some of these ladies what they would do is they would call all the children and the youth people hey come here so there'll be about 15 20 of them call everybody and take all the food the two three curries two three sambars or thing whatever is remaining mix it up with rice make one big heap and make morsels and give everybody one one morsel eat so that food is finished and not wasted so in the night you know those days electricity had not reached so much it was just uh, in its nascent form so night when everything is dark 
so many times you just narrated how strict uh, sakamma was and about swami's eating and how it should be only particular things he should eat but this swami you know he would run and when all the youth are receiving their morsel of food at night so many times it has happened that swami also stretches out his hand and after that when the ladies discover that they are shocked because you know swami is here eating juta i mean it is not a fresh food it is a old food stale food it's mixed up and it is being served into the hand directly not even on a plate and swami would eat it and they would get fearful that oh my god swami fine that you ate it don't tell anybody at least please that was one another thing is when the ladies are cooking swami would go walking and from behind you know he would close the eyes he would cover their eyes with his palms they would think it's some boy and they scold and then they turn back and they see it is swami there and then they oh, oh my swami and swami enjoys a laugh so is literally sai krishna like you know another incident which uh, mrs karunama ramurthy huh. you know the author of shri satyasai satyasai she was narrating you know her two sons were of swami's age and they used to be like you know in swami's room they used to be staying there and swami would wake up in the middle of the night again and you know and say you see this devotee he has got some bananas for me it is there hmm. you get it we'll have that banana okay. okay because they would sit late in the night chatting and swami used to keep making pranks and making fun so they would sl- sit in the whole night and they used to eat and the boys would say swami if we go out with these banana peels sakama will catch us <laughs> oh sakama was some <laughs> fear uh, feared lady okay so then swami said you know but let's have the bananas you know why fear about the peels so they said what do we do about the peels then then swami said just put it under my bed huh. okay i'll get it clean in the morning so nobody will know okay so they used to eat the whole night put the banana peels under the bed in the morning swami would wake up before these boys go and call the boy's mother and bring them inside and say see these fellows in the name of taking care of me they come and sleep in my room and they eat bananas the whole night and they put it under my bed <laughs> oh my god i mean see the beauty about god i feel is that you know whatever he does is madhuram that song goes adharam madhuram nayanam madhuram vadanam madhuram hasitam everything about the lord is sweetness even the pranks you know if anybody else had done this we would just get up and i am sure beat them out of shape but i am sure that looking at swami or just being near him you will not mind him doing this in fact you will enjoy it i remember in you know when swami made these kind of pranks it continued even in the 1990s if swami plays such a prank what we do is we go back and note it down in our diary and cherish it throughout our lives if you and me do it it becomes a prank if the lord does it it is sweetness and that is the magic of the lord everything about him is sweet well going back to those days in those days uh, as we said there was nothing available in puttaparthi so once or twice a week they would go to the market at bukapatnam the santa that they would call it would be held there the fair in the market i mean and purchase vegetables from there and come today we see that santa has now shifted to puttaparthi and i think every saturday we have the santa and everybody in puttaparthi including the permanent resident foreigners everybody goes to that santa to buy fresh vegetables fresh produce it tastes totally different cooking with those vegetables but well that santa used to be originally held in bukapatnam and people would go to bukapatnam and buy those vegetables and come and yeah in the schedule as we spoke about the bath and other things they also you know different ladies different people who had some amount of musical talent they composed their own kind of songs in telugu which they would sing out to swami 
you know pleading with him to wake up in the morning it is not exactly a suprabhatam but carrying the spirit of a suprabhatam singing and waking him up because that's how they do to the lord then they had a song in which they would ask him to uh, spend time with them a song in which they would ask him to have food so you know when we think of our student days we used to have all this you know anything we want the lord to do we would try to make a song about it and sing it out to him this is not something that the student started this has been happening Actually, no, from the 1940s right. talking about songs talking about this old mandir another aspect of that old mandir days which is you know soaked in nectarine beauty mm-hmm. is that of the chitravati sessions and mm-hmm. you know you t- spoke about the songs i think before we talk a little about the chitravati sessions we'll play this beautiful song it's so nostalgic and you know it takes you back to those chitravati days it mentions about swami as the one who resides on the just, banks of chitravati just a pointer before the song the reason why swami used to go to the banks of the chitravati is that there was no common place gathering place in prashanti where swami and all the devotees could sit at the same time and therefore he used to take them to the expansive banks of the river chitravati where uh, hundreds of people could be accommodated and everybody would get the chance of seeing hearing and being with swami <laughs> you know having said that you feel that how sad that we had the kulanthal maybe in the end if the kulanthal was not there we as students would have been on the sands of chitravati with swami <laughs> uh, well prem you know again you're tempting me to go into one more little story i must narrate it here it so happened that you know uh, every time there was this vaikuntha ekadashi day when swami would take them to the chitravati banks and on that day he would materialize a vessel in which mysteriously amrit right the nectar would appear and swami himself would personally distribute to everyone so kasturi writes about this he says that they would always look forward to this day because on this day they'll get amrit and on chitravati the beautiful so, thing was swami used to bring that vessel filled with a tamrit from under the sand exactly and it had no lid it was right. a open vessel <laughs> right. an open vessel which had enough amrit to satisfy how many our people are there and so one vaikuntha ekadashi just a day few days before swami had for some reason been upset and so he seemed to be in a bad mood in courts and therefore kasturi he went to swami and said swami shall we go to the chitravati sand swami means he thought that that will lighten swami's mood also and at same time the amrit this was the time when the prashanti nilayam mandir was being built so there was a lot of sand near the mandir itself a lot of sand and other things so swami said why why should we go to chitravati sands swami asked sternly then kasturi says swami no no need chitravati sands swami let's sit on the sands here only okay then swami looks at him and says kasturi do you think i really need the sands to make it and then swami tells him that do not clamor behind these things always long for the lord the lord can create anything out of anywhere your intention is not about spending time with swami it's after those miracles that you are looking for and you think that swami needs in you know some kind of settings the sands and that thing to do it that was one of the last years when swami went to the swami chita- in fact tells very profoundly mm-hmm. swami says you are my greatest miracle you are my you greatest miracle that exactly i'm sorry i forgot the punch line of that episode <laughs> that was what swami tells kasturi that you are my greatest miracle kasturi and yes that was the end of the chitravati days but before we go to that as i said we are now in the beginning of the chitravati days the song listen to this wonderful beautiful song चित्रावती तीर चित्रूपवा 
Welcome back dear listeners on behalf of Prem and myself I would like to tender a little apology it so often happens that when you are talking about swami and his mahimas and his leelas and glories you get so lost that you are not able to keep track of time itself just before playing this beautiful song which speaks about swami on the chitravati we promise that we will be discussing and enjoying reliving those beautiful stories and incidents and experiences that happened on the sands of river chitravati so during this song prem and myself decided that we will dedicate the next weeks 
Satyam Shivam Sundaram Satsang to all the different leelas and mahimas that Swami did on the sands of River Chitravati. That's plenty and plenty and maybe a a bit of that we will be able to cover in the next week. Exactly, yeah. Not that we will be able to cover it fully, but this 10 minutes now is It's definitely definitely not <laughs> going to do justice to that beautiful episode of Swami's life. So taking along another track, um you know there's one more thing that happened in the 1946 was devotees started coming and offering as you know the mandir itself the pata mandir itself was an offering by the devotees so they wanted to give to their lord we see people going to tirupati and offering 20 kg gold 30 kg gold to the lord venkateshwara like that you know people wanted to come and offer to swami and so some devotees offered their car they said swami whenever you want to use you please use the car but the cars could come only up to karnataka nagipalli across the river chitravati so three four cars would be parked there though swami never asked for it they would be there because the devotees would say swami whenever you want to use it you use it we are here for 20 days so our car is your car so that is how you know this thing started where swami started getting cars the ownership remained with the devotees but swami could use them at the same time you know seeing swami's love for all all creation that is humans animals so many devotees came and gifted him with dogs and the dogs apparently had a lovely relationship with swami you know so many there are pictures there are so many pictures of swami petting different dogs so if we go into that you know i remember we even discussed about how swami helped mr chidambara krishnan control his anger right. by asking him to purchase dogs and swami in his discourses also many times he says this way dog dog god god so some of the dog has enjoyed you know swami's proximity but among the different dogs two dogs stand out and that is jack and jill because well you know it right prem right. swami has talked swami about jack and jill spoken about uh, how his benchmates in school ramesh and suresh mm-hmm. they were actually reborn as these two dogs which were so dear to swami jack and jill refreshing the memory of you know our uh, listeners when we spoke about satyam shyam sundaram of the bukapatnam days that is when we spoke about the eslc exam right. when swami wrote the exam for ramesh and suresh and both of them loved swami so much and when swami left the school both of them met with untimely deaths because they were unable to bear their separation one became mad and uh, swami says the other one fell into a well you know thinking of swami satyam 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 and swami says that because of that kind of love for swami both of them were reborn as dogs Jack and Jill who got the chance to stay with Swami and their lives is also beautiful maybe we can conclude this afternoon satsang with the brief story of their lives right and we should listen to the story from Swami's own voice you know many many times you've heard Swami speaking so fondly of these two pets that he's had so i think it's a privilege today to hear it from Swami's own voice where Swami is talking about Jack and Jill ఒక చిన్న కథ చెప్పి నేను ముగిస్తాను భగవాన్ దాన్ని పెట్టుకున్నాం 
మనిషి She has got certain practices. She is highly orthodox. Even if she hears a dog barking, she cannot bark. She already sent a message. If there are any dogs around, they must be put under lock and key. There was no approach road to put a barking. There is a village by name Karnatapalli. They have to get down there in the car and walk the distance. They stopped the car there near Karnatapalli. She came walking. There were no hotels or anything like that. సాయంకాలం డ్రైవర్ వచ్చాడు ఇక్కడ భోంచేసుకుని తిరిగి పోవాలి ఇన్ ది ఈవినింగ్ డ్రైవర్ కేమ్ హాస్ టు టేక్ హిస్ ఫుడ్ అండ్ రిటర్న్ రాణి గారు చెప్పారు నేను ఒక రాత్రి స్వామి యొక్క మందిరంలో నిద్ర చేయాలి నేను ఈనాడు రాను అని ది క్వీన్ సెడ్ ఐ వాంట్ టు టేక్ రెస్ట్ టు నైట్ హియర్ ఐ యామ్ నాట్ ప్రిపేర్ టు కమ్ నౌ భోంచేశాడు చీకటి పడిన తర్వాత ఆ డ్రైవర్ వెళ్తున్నాడు డ్రైవర్ హాడ్ హిస్ ఫుడ్ అండ్ వాస్ రిటర్నింగ్ దట్ నైట్ అతనికి దోవ తెలియదు చీకట్లో అండ్ బికాజ్ ఇట్ వాస్ పిచ్ డార్క్ హి డిడ్ నో ద రూల్ నా దగ్గర ఉన్న కుక్కకు జాక్ నువ్వు డ్రైవర్ తో పోయి తెల్లవారు నువ్వు వచ్చేసే అన్నాను భగవాన్ సెడ్ టు ద డాగ్ బై నేమ్ జాక్ జాక్ టేక్ ది లీడ్ షో హిమ్ ద రూట్ టు దిస్ డ్రైవర్ ఆ జాక్ ముందు నడుస్తూ ఉండాలి డ్రైవర్ వెనుక నడుచుకుంటూ వెళ్ళాడు కర్ణాటకని చేరారు దిస్ డాగ్ జాక్ వాస్ వాకింగ్ ఫస్ట్ అండ్ డ్రైవర్ వాస్ ఫాలోయింగ్ ద డాగ్ అక్కడికి వెళ్ళిన తర్వాత డ్రైవర్ కార్ లో పరుండాడు హావింగ్ రీచ్డ్ ద స్పాట్ ద డ్రైవర్ రెస్టెడ్ ఇన్ ద కార్ చల్లని కాలం కనుకనే కార్ కింద టైర్ కింద ఈ కుక్క పండుకుంది and it was very cool very fine outside the dog was lying beneath the car under the car tellavaru lechadu driver driver got up next morning kaani chali kalamu mundugane start cheyali rani garu vache lopal neni it was winter the car should be started beforehand start chesadu he started the car konchu trippalan cheppina munduku jarigali and he wanted to drive to a little distance aa jaaku nadum paina tire poyindi the tire passed over the back of this dog backbone anta virigipoyindi the backbone fractured spinal column anta poyindi the spinal column fractured enta daniki vishwasam ee meer chakkaga vidyarthulu kaani vidyavantulu kaani bhaktulu kaani buktulu kaani yuktulu kaani muktulu kaani raktulu kaani evaraina deenni chakkaga gurtinchavalsinatundi vishayam understand the principle of the faith of the dog jack as educator or uneducated rich or poor or devotees any class for that matter ఆ బాధను భరించుకోలేక అరుచుకుంటూ వస్తుండాలి ద డాగ్ కుడ్ నాట్ బేర్ ద సఫరింగ్ ఇట్ స్టార్టెడ్ మధ్యలో చిత్రావతి రివర్ దేర్ ఇస్ చిత్రావతి రివర్ ఆన్ ద వే దానంతా తీర్చుకుంటూ వచ్చేస్తుండాది రక్తం కూడా కార్చుకుంటుంది ఇట్ వాస్ డ్రాగింగ్ ఇట్స్ బాడీ అలాంగ్ ద సాండ్స్ ఆఫ్ ద షోర్స్ ఆఫ్ చిత్రావతి మాకు గేట్ దగ్గర ఒక సాకల సుబ్బన్న అనేటువంటివాడు ఉండేవాడు అట్ ద గేట్ దేర్ ఇస్ ఎ పర్సన్ బై నేమ్ సాకలి సుబ్బన్న లోపలికి వచ్చి స్వామి మన జాకు నడుము ఇరిగిపోయింది ఏడ్చుకుంటూ వస్తుండాది అన్నాడు దట్ సాకల సుబ్బన్న రిపోర్టెడ్ టు భగవాన్ స్వామి దట్ జాక్ డాగ్ కేమ్ క్రాయింగ్ ఆల్ ద వే నేను లోపల నుంచి బయటికి వచ్చాను భగవాన్ కేమ్ అవుట్ దెన్ జాక్ 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 అని వెళ్ళాను భగవాన్ వెన్ సేయింగ్ జాక్ జాక్ అది అర్చుకుంటూ వచ్చింది ఇట్ కేమ్ వెరీ ఫాస్ట్ పాదాలపైన పడింది fell on the feet pranam and died at the feet of bhagwan 
చూచారా ఎంత విశ్వాసం అక్కడి నుంచి కూడాను నా పాదాలపైన పడి ప్రాణం ఇచ్చాలనిపించి అంత విశ్వాసంతో వచ్చింది అది మరణించేకి పురము నన్ను చూస్తూ ఉంది పాలు తెప్పించి నోట్లో వేశాను భగవాన్ బ్రాట్ మిల్క్ రెండు చేతులు తీసుకుంది దాని రెండు నా చేతులపైన పెట్టింది ప్రాణం ఇచ్చింది ఆనాటి నుంచి జిల్లు ఆహారం మానివేసింది కొన్ని దినములకు ఆ జిల్లు కూడా మరణించింది లోపల వెనుక భాగంలో కట్టినటువంటి బృందావనము ఆ రెండింటి సమాధి Jack and Jill lay behind buried the old mandir, yes, behind the old Pata Mandiram, as Swami said. So, dear listeners, we hope you enjoyed this satsang as much as Prem and myself did because it has been so filling and so fulfilling. And Swami's own narrative in the end just is the crowning glory of this whole satsang. Do write to us at listener at radiosci.org with what you felt. what you feel and as both prem and me have discovered please let us spend time in reading the life of our own swami because you know swami says his life is his message and just reading about the story it's such a pleasure to read these stories and just reading the stories gives us such wisdom such knowledge such information and such transformation that even any amount of you know spiritual knowledge will not impart so it was indeed a pleasure for us to recollect those wonderful incidents which happened and we are hoping that this will go on for as long as you know it ever takes exactly and as promised next week we shall be delving into those wonderful leelas and mahimas on the banks of river chitravati with that and offering our gratitude at the lotus feet of our dear sai we bring this afternoon satsang to a close Sairam you just heard an episode of a radio series Afternoon Satsang This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics and the topic of today's episode was Satyam Shivam Sundaram the life story of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba This was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on July 18th 2013 We hope you enjoyed it. Your comments and suggestions are very important to us. Please mail them to listener at radiosci.org. Next week, same day, same time, will be the continuation of today's episode. Stay tuned. Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashant Nilayam.